Yo, 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 what's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? Empire Sports Network family, how you doing? Uh, happy belated Easter to you guys, man. Hope you guys enjoy your Easter. And I'm having a blessed Easter morning. Happy to wake up to see that Steven Silas, like I've been calling, ain't my, my damn head coach no more. So that's that's some good news going on in the Rockets organization so far. But other than that, we got some bigger things to uh, come after, though. But uh, we got two uh, brothers in the building, man. Uh, they're Lakers fans. They're Lakers fans. Uh, Lakers start the playing game on Tuesday. But we'll talk more about it. Uh, Freddie, how you doing, man? How you doing this morning, Fred? Man, I'm wonderful. Had a wonderful Easter yesterday. Spent time with the family. Um, got a chance to see, um, make history. We'll get into that in a few minutes. And I'm I'm in a really good mood this morning, even though I'm early. I'm hoping somebody don't run from me this morning, but we'll see. And we got my brother uh, Mo better in the in the building. Always in the building, man. When you're talking basketball man he may be the good luck charm for my rockets man ever since mo joined the network the rockets have won so other than that mo how you doing man i'm great man i'm blessed just glad to be here with you and freddie coach so i'm ready to go oh man we had some interesting uh had an interesting weekend this week fellas man we now we got the stipulation of the play-in tournament we, we've been doing the eastern conference play-in tournament now we know the western conference uh playing tournament we know minnesota and we know uh, the Lakers have the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I believe the Pelicans will have the Thunder coming up uh, this uh, weekend. So, again, but like I say, I want to get into an interesting topic that we did see yesterday, that we did see yesterday. We saw the Timberwolves just self-destruct yesterday, and which is I didn't think when they got Gobert, the team wasn't that great anyway, and one not wasn't going to be good anyway. So, at the end of the day, uh, Rudy Gobert turned out to be a problem. You saw the punch that he threw to uh, Anderson after Anderson was telling him to block a shot. Then Rudy Gobert said get some rebounds and then a physical application. There you had one of their Rodson studs, studs who plays great basketball, who's a great defender, turned in. He, he's pretty much a Rodson stud coming up from Minnesota. J.D. McDaniels fractures his hand, break basically breaking his hand. Uh, Freddie, I want to come to you, man. What you think about uh, the disarray that the Minnesota Timberwolves have brought in? What you think about the self-destruction for uh, this team? Um, it just shows that um, this organization isn't ready for um, to take the next level, to take the next step. I mean, just the dumb, the idiot, making idiot decisions. I mean, just not being smart. How do you punch a teammate um, right before – essentially the playoffs. I mean, that just don't make no sense. This is something different between the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole situation. They had a whole year to bounce back from it. These guys, you you mean to tell me that they're going to just come back in today for practice and say, oh, what's up, bro? Everything all good? No, it don't work that way, bro. Um, it takes time to mend relationships. Um, and you break your hand. Like, do you know how valuable you are? You're one of their best defenders, and you just go in there and just punch a wall. I mean, what what could it be, what how bad could it be for you to go out and punch and break your hand? I mean, uh, you have to blame coaching for this. Um, you know, it's a you know coaching lack of leadership, um, but just really dumb on on on, on a whole lot of levels. 
Yep. A lot of say, I mean, but when they got Rudy Gobert, a lot of you had a lot of people jumping up and down saying this is gonna help the Minnesota uh defense. But like I said, at the end of the day, when it's playoff time, teams know how to game plan for Rudy Gobert. But at the end of the day, man, you definitely right, it does bring coaching and this stability. Uh you can argue he has no control over this team right now. And like I said, Minnesota ain't wasn't good to begin with. I didn't think they were gonna be good. Uh as soon as they got Rudy Gobert. But uh, Mo, Mo, what you think about this? I think this is a franchise that's in disarray. Um, I, I've been consistent. The Rudy Gobert trade, you know that saying, sometimes it's the trades you don't make. Mm-hmm. That's yep. not, that wasn't necessary. Yep. You, know, you know, Do you know that they had the season they had this year? They were better last year with yep. no Rudy Gobert. Like, he's not a transcendent player. He's at best a complimentary player. I'm not going to tell you he can't help a team, but not to the degree that he's worthy of four number one picks. Like they they bid it against themselves. It's not like there was another team out there going like, well, we offer three number one picks for Gobert. Danny Ainge fleeced the Minnesota Timberwolves on office. He fleeced them. Period. Yep. And now they're stuck with Rudy Gobert for better or worse, because no one else is taking that contract and taking him because they know what he is. He's a complimentary piece, and you treated him or went after him like he was a franchise player. Yep. You got Carl Anthony Towns, coach. You mentioned it, Jaden McDaniel's up and coming two way player. You've got you got my man Ant Man. Ant Man is a beast coming. Yeah. Yep. And this team is struggling just to be in a playing game. And and it, they got worse by addition of Rudy Gobert. And it's not all on Rudy Gobert. 100% is not. I think this starts at the top. Leadership is just not coaching and on the floor. It's also in your front office. It starts at the top. This, this yep. is a franchise in disarray. And if I were them, I'd be more concerned about my future because I think Ant is look, looking at this organization he might not want to be a part of it much longer because because I don't I don't see where they get better. Towns is a top 10 talent, but he's not a number one option. He don't have the mentality of a number one option. I, I've said this before, as talented as he is, he's got a lot of quit in him. I, I just I just don't see this going or getting any better. And this was a season of frustration and it and it culminated last night you punch a teammate you're getting ready to go into the play playing game it's been a struggle but you're there you still got a shot this is when you're supposed to unite and get together and galvanize a team and to punch somebody or do something like that that's got to be deflating to everybody in that in that locker room that also goes to show you if they took a poll to a man i would guess most of those dudes don't like playing with rudy gobert that's just my opinion you can, like I said, again, immediately when Rudy Gobert punches the Duke, uh, Kyle Anderson, you can see the rest of his teammates immediately, immediately jump up, jump up right there. And again, un- uncharacteristic of Rudy Gobert. And I don't know what people thought uh, Rudy Gobert was this uh, very good, great player. Like I say, him and Carl Anthony Towns, I think, for as far as Carl Anthony Towns, he's got all the ability. He's got all the uh, talent in the world. I always thought, valued him as a un, as a very overrated player, overrated player. I mean, you look at his career, it took a Jimmy Butler to come in just for them to get into the playoffs, get into the playoffs. Took a second-year rookie, took a second-year player, 
developing Anthony Edwards for them just to get in the playoffs and what on part of that, you don't show up in the playoffs. You get outplayed by Clint Capella in the playoffs. In the first round of the playoffs, you're supposed to be a guy that can stretch the floor, a guy that can do everything. And he is that guy, but you get outplayed by Clint Capella in the playoffs, says something. Then last year against Memphis, again, Anthony Edwards was the better guy, was the better guy for the Minnesota Timberwolves because he had a great series. And Carl Anthony Towns, you know, had a subpar series. So, Freddie, anything else you want to cook on this situation, uh, you know, before we move on? I'm just going to say this, you guys. You know, this this just made it much easier for the Lakers um, because they're going to be in disarray. Um, I can expect a lot of changes. I would assume a lot of changes. Um, go on through the Minnesota franchise this offseason, I would not be surprised if we see Cat request a trade. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised they move on from Mike Conley and just go on a total rebuild. And just build, um, they're not going to trade in, man. I mean, it, it's, too, it's too early. Um, they're going to try to attempt to build around him. Uh, but, you know, I just I just don't know where you how you can go from this. I mean, this is very pivotal right when the playoffs are about to start. Um, and, I mean, just they gave up a lot for this guy. Um, they, they really did. Um, I mean, this was a trade that you would, you know, that trade was a trade that you go after a top-tier player. And that's not Rudy Gobert. I mean, I mean, he's a good player. I mean, he plays defense. You know, he can catch lobs. He can block shots. But other than that, I mean, he doesn't do much else. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. Um, that's a starting pack. Hey, that trade package is a trade that you call Portland and say, hey, is Damian Lillard available? Hey, is these type of players available? But, you know, and, hey, the Wolves are just being the Wolves, uh, just a mediocre team, and they just showed it again on yesterday. You ain't, you ain't lying about that. And then we all know what happened in uh, Utah. We all know what happened in Utah. Immediately he asked out. They gave him his wish. But Donovan Mitchell was the team, was the player that helped Utah get to where they supposed to be, was not Rudy Gobert. So at, at that at that stage, you had a battle between Gobert and uh, Donovan Mitchell. And everybody clearly know Donovan Mitchell was by far the better player in Utah. And look what Donovan Mitchell did to Cleveland. He upgraded them on another level. So – other than that, man, like I say, uh, bad situation. You know, feel sorry for my uh, ex-assistant coach, uh, uh, Chris Finch. He used to coach, for, be assistant for the Houston Rockets. Got to get something uh, going over there in Minnesota. But, again, we're especially we're talking about uh, now we got the uh, playoff matchup set. We got the playoff matchup set. We do got the Clippers going up against the Phoenix Suns. They, they That's a uh, match. That's a matchup right there. So, um we got the Sacramento Kings going against the Golden State Warriors. That that should be a, a, a solid matchup right there as well. And the only two, the uh first, the number one and number two seed, we don't know who they're gonna play. We don't know they don't know who they're gonna play as of quite yet. They will know after the playing tournament. So uh Freddie, I want to come back to you with this question. Which which first round series out of for as of right now as of right now we're not gonna count the playing tournament ones we don't know who that, who that's gonna be but as out of Phoenix the Clippers or Sacramento and uh, Golden State which one of those playoff series right now as of right now you interested in looking at 
Man, there's a lot of them. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you. Um, <laughs> I mean, because I'm going to tell I'm going to break down both of them. Go ahead. Sacramento and Golden State. I know a lot of people say, oh, Golden State's going to win it. Golden State's going to win it. Don't be surprised. Um, Sacramento is a team that can put a lot of points on the board. We've seen Golden State. The question is with Golden State is, can they go on the road and win when it matters? We've seen that their defense drops when they're on the road. Will their defense will their defense be competitive? Will they be able to get stops? Will they be able to contain Fox and Sabonis? Uh, let's not forget about Malik Monk. Let's not forget about the shooting that's around that team. This is a team that can get hot and hey, they they can they can shoot you out the court. I know Golden State is, is, a, is a great offensive team as well. But I'm not sure, you know, somebody's going to have to play defense. And I'm not sure if Golden State can go on the road. I'm I'm, I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going to go with an upset. I'm going Sacramento beating the Golden State Warriors. Hey, I know, I know it might sound crazy, but it is what it is. Then the Clippers and the Suns. I'm going to tell you this, y'all. And I hate to, I hate to talk about this. If the Clippers get Paul George back, and he just averages about twenty five, we don't need him to be crazy. They don't need him to be crazy. Just average about twenty five. I can see the Clippers beating the Suns. Let's not forget how deep this Clipper team is. I mean, you have Norman Powell coming off your bench. You have Marcus Morris. You have Robert Covington. You have Russ. I mean, this team is deep, y'all. And if Kawhi Leonard has been playing the way he has, just, uh, especially after the All-Star break, I'm not sure if that Phoenix Suns team can beat them. So I'm going to go I'm gonna go Sacramento with an upset. I'm going to go Clippers upset. Wow. How many games wow. How many games you got both series going? How many games you got, got both series going? I believe it or not, I have them both going seven games. Okay. All right, uh, Mo, Mo, what you got on both? And hold on, before before Mo go, Mike Brown knows Steve Kerr's system as well. Bad, bad, bad. Oh, Mo, give me a breakdown on both of the series. I was going to lead in with that. Mike Brown is familiar with how the Warriors run their offense. He he's familiar with every individual players, their strengths, their weaknesses. That said. Until you have to be the one chasing Steph off those screens, chasing Clay off those screens for forty plus minutes, it's easier said than done. Now, mind you, that's a challenge when you're a really good defensive team to chase Steph and Clay off those screens. When you're next to last in defense, it doesn't bode well. In terms of being a fan and wanting to see something new, I would love it if the Kings could could win the series. It, it's good for the league to get some new blood in there, see some new stars step up. It's good for the future of the league. And I still think the Kings will be that, if not this year, the next. But if I'm betting and I'm making a pick, I've got to go with a healthy Golden State Warriors team. Remember, the season is done. This is a new season. Everybody's O-O. And I'm looking at that roster, and I'm looking at the Kings roster, and you could tell me that – you can make a case that 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 Fox and Sabonis might be the better duo, 
But the duo I'm most afraid of is Steph and Clay. I'm more afraid of them. Sacramento could get everything they want on offense in this series and still lose because they can't get anything done on defense. Golden State defense isn't what it was, but they at least still compete defensively. The King for the Kings to win this series, they've got to rely on more than just their offense. They got to win the 50-50 balls. They got to be able to get some stops. I'm not saying it's impossible, but if I'm making a pick, I'm going with the defending champions because I think in the end, it's not just their experience. It's that clutch thing. They've been there. They've done that. They're getting Wiggins back. He might be rusty, but when you're a freakish athlete, his shot might be off. But those legs, those twitch instincts, those hops, that lateral movement, that's already there. So I'm taking Golden State. I do agree with Freddie. Long series. I'll take Golden State in seven. So, Mo, let me ask you a question. All of a sudden, they're going to be able to play defense on the road? The well, defense flaws and go away? I, I, I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is this, the season's over. This, this is the new season. And you're right. They've been bad on the road, but they haven't been whole. They're whole now. I don't know what they're going to be able to do defensively. But if I was Sacramento, I'd be afraid of what they're going to do offensively. I, I know Sacramento had a historic offensive season. No, no, no denying that. But they're stepping into the arena against the defending champs. And Steph and Clay look like anything but done. Not to mention, I didn't even bring in Jordan Poole. I didn't bring in DiVincenzo. Love him or hate him, what Draymond could do and how he can impact the game. I guarantee you, in this series, Draymond's going to get in Sabonis' head. So I, I'm going to go with the Warriors because of because of their talent and their experience. I love the Kings, but we're, we're talking about who we think is going to actually win the series. I got to roll with the Warriors. All right. Uh, break down Clippers and uh, Suns, Mo. Who, who you got? <laughs> Freddie made a great case, Coach. You and I talked about this in our last show. Yep. The Clippers have tremendous depth. What I, what I What I love about their roster is – They've got like four or five wings that can put the ball in the basket. Yep. Four or five wings that can switch out and guard multiple positions. Talent-wise, depth-wise, if you just look at it from that perspective, you say Clippers. Yep. But I'm going off of how they are, how they've been. They're kind of erratic. They should be an elite defensive team, and they're kind of a middle-of-the-road defensive team. If I'm going to say who I trust between the two teams – even though I don't like the Suns bench. I, I've heard people tell me how underrated it is. I, I think it is what it is. It, it's not a very good bench. But if you're asking me who I trust, I trust KD. I trust Book. And even though he's not what he was, I trust Chris Paul versus Paul George versus Kawhi versus Norman Powell and company. Even though I would say if you looked at the coaches, I would give Ty Lue the edge. I just don't trust a the big edge. I, for for whatever reason, the makeup of that team, it's never really worked. Even when they had everybody, it's never really worked. Going back to the bubble when they were up 3-1 on, on Denver, they they were they were headed on a mission to meet the Lakers in the conference finals and they just straight choked. And I I don't think they've ever recovered as a group from that. Hey, Mo, let me ask you a question. What's that? Who, um, who, do you think Chris Paul better guard Russ? I mean, we hey, 
Chris Paul isn't the same defender that he once was. No, and, no argument. I think you're 100% right. He's not the same defender, but I, I will say this. Russ's skill set, it allows Chris Paul to guard him. Look, Russ can only kill Chris Paul in the open floor. In the half-court set, if you're Chris Paul or anybody else, you're giving Russ five, six, maybe eight feet. You can have that jump shot all day. If Russell Westbrook can beat me with his jump shot, we're going to get beat. I think but, Frankie's a smart man in the comments, by the way. <laughs> but um, I will say this, Mo. If I was Russ, and if I was Talu, I'm saying attack the paint every single time. Make Chris Paul make a play. Make a play. And, I understand. And when you talk about trust, I'm sorry, I have to trust Kawhi Leonard more than I trust Kevin Durant. Because we've seen Ke um, Kawhi be the leader of a championship team. We've seen Kawhi, you know, hey, and like especially at the all-star break, Kawhi said, okay, let's lock in. He's looked like he's looked like the best player in the game, um, knocking down shots, playing defense. Um, and like I said, if if it's about the others, um, Zubak will will DeAndre Aiden be able to handle Zubak? I mean, that, that, that that's a toss-up match right there, honestly. Because you know, um, DeAndre Aiden, he can have good games, and they have games where you know his motor's not too high. Um, you know, we know what Zubak is going to bring. He's going to bring that be the interior presence. He's going to block some shots. He's going to rebound. He's going to put some stuff shots back up. Um, so I, I, I don't, I, it's not going to be just that easy in D book. I mean, the Clippers have guys that they can throw at D book. Um, you know, and I think that's the key double team D book and let Kevin Durant beat you. See, I, I, I did. They're going to have to do that. They're either going to double Durant or they're going to double Booker. I, I understand what you're saying, but what I would say is there's another component to basketball, especially when you're on the floor and somebody's running your offense. Russ, even now, I think, what is this, year 14 or 15 for him? Yeah, He's not the athlete that he was, but he's probably still one of the 10 most athletic guys in the league. He's still a freakish athlete. But I would, I would trust the IQ because Chris Paul's basketball IQ is through the roof. As as gifted as Russ is, he don't have the highest basketball IQ. He makes bad decisions. He he may, it, it's just in his nature. His strengths are his weaknesses. He takes shots that he shouldn't take. He makes passes that he shouldn't make. I'll say this: all things being even, even or equal, if the Clippers don't beat themselves, they'll win the series. But I'm just going off of what they've been known to do. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that Chris Paul. He's not gonna beat himself. I'm going to trust that if you guard Kevin Durant one-on-one, -on -one, that's your mistake. I I agree with you how well Kawhi's been playing. He's been playing great. He really has. He's elevated his game since the All-Star break. I wouldn't say Kawhi's a leader, though. I don't think he's ever been a leader. Even when he was on Toronto, he was the best player, but the leader was yep. Kyle Lowry. He wasn't a leader. Yep. He's not really a leader. So, And I look at the Clippers as a whole on the court – Paul George not a leader. That that might be their problem. Their best players, they're not leaders. The closest one to being a leader would really be Russ, and I really wouldn't want to trust him to make a, a late a late game decision. I'm gonna have to go with the team that has the better player, and the team that has the better point guard, and that's the Suns. And let's not forget, coaching do better. I mean, it's not a hey, it's not a small gap how much better Ty Lue is. It's a huge gap. Ty Lue is way better. I mean, let's just be honest. Um, Ty Lue's probably the top two 
top three coach in the NBA as well. Let me let me ask you guys something. I, I like Ty Lue. I think we all like Ty Lue. But but at what what but at what point? I'm just wondering because at what point don't we just look at Ty Lue and go, isn't Ty Lue just a younger version of Doc Rivers? Isn't he? I mean, he, he got the one title. He's won some games, but it's not like he's won two or three championships. And and he's been bounced out the playoffs early too. Like I, I'm not saying he's Doc Rivers, but if you look at the resume, it's on the same path. And unless they're going to do something significant this this playoffs, my guess is it, it really it'll it'll continue down the path of Doc Rivers. Think about the players that he's got. At his disposal, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell, that's three 20 point scores. But, bro, I'm not putting this on Ty Lue. No, I'm not putting it on him. But what I'm saying is, we go back. If we, we, go. we hold everybody accountable, right? Yeah. But, but if, this is different. This, hey, again, hey, we this. go back to Ty Lue resume again. When he won a championship in Cleveland after, you know, uh, what, you, uh, what was that coach? I forgot. David Platt got fired. Yeah. I the job. But, Talu, what he's done with less, he's done more. He's done. He's done a lot with those uh, less Clippers team, uh, less Clippers team. than plus, he led the Clippers to the Western Conference Finals for the first time when they struggled two years in a row to get there with Doc Rivers. So, I mean, his resume, his resume may not see his resume to me. I think he has a, a fine resume. I think he has a fine resume. Most of those teams. Most of those teams, those Clippers teams that couldn't get it done, that was all Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers was a part of those squads. No, squads qu- right no question. He was a part of those squads right there. But the Western Conference Finals year with Kawhi Leonard getting hurt in the second round and Paul George taking that next step up to lead them to the Western Conference Finals, I'm a, I'm okay with that resume. I think that resume is fine. I think Doc Rivers is in his own is in his own own class. I will. I, I would give I would give Talu a little bit more time. I don't think his resume is uh, really all that bad. And then also, Doc Rivers had, didn't have a superstar. He didn't want to play games. Let, let let's just imagine that this year Kawhi Leonard was taking days off. He, he you know ever since he's been with the Clippers, low man. He haven't really had a superstar that's been consistent, that's been on the court neither, and. I believe this. You can't cheat the game. You can cheat the game throughout the regular season, and when it comes to the postseason, it's going to come back to get you. Chemistry matters. Um, and the Clippers have tried to bow down to Kawhi Leonard ever since he's been there, and it have not got, him any, got him, them anywhere. And that's why I think, hey, they lose this year. I would not be surprised if Ty Lue said, you know what, screw this. I'm fed up. I'm out. Um, because he's not going to want to put up. He's not going to want to put up with somebody that's not uh, dedicated to the game of basketball. No, look, I like Tyloo, and I think I agree about his resume. Now, what I'm projecting is, is it going to go down the same track? Does he have more time? Sure, but every season matters, and whether they win the championship or not, which they won't be, um, it 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 is part of your coaching resume. All I'm saying is the Clippers don't have like a lot of picks. So whatever they're going to do in their matter of fact, if you look at the bigger picture, these playoffs might be, you could call them the legacy playoffs. The Clippers are an older team. Kawhi Leonard could add to his legacy. LeBron James is looking to add to his legacy. Chris Paul is looking to do something he hadn't been able to do his whole career. That's put a championship beside 
an amazing resume for his career. Kevin Durant, you know he wants to – you know KD would love to win another title. I think he's an all-time great already, but he would love to validate that even more because of how things went in Brooklyn. All, I, But what I would say is there's going to be a big shift in the Western Conference because all these guys are older. They're not going to be here in two or three years. Not not these cores. I, and I, I wouldn't be so, so surprised, Freddie, if the Clippers have a short playoff run. I think Ty Lue's going to be there because good coaches are hard to find. But I'm not so sure that Paul George and Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard will be there. One of them probably got to go because they don't have any other tradable assets. Well, Mo, if anybody goes, it's going to probably be Paul George. Um, but let's bring this aspect to the debate table. I think we should look at somebody differently if they lose this year, and that's Kawhi Leonard. Um, you know, the media and a lot of people try to put Kawhi Leonard on the levels of Kevin Durant, LeBron James and those guys, Steph Curry. But if he loses this playoffs, we need to look at Kawhi totally different, in my opinion. Because, um, you know, you, you you came to L.A., you're supposed to be the king of L.A., you're supposed to be this, you're supposed to be that. We haven't They haven't seen that Kawhi. Um, and like I said, it's just because he hasn't been able to be on the court a lot. But still, we've seen him choke in big moments as well. Um, you know, so, I mean, we definitely going to have to look at him totally different. Um, great player, but can you lead? Um, you, can look, you can even question that in the San Antonio days. Can you lead? You still had Tony Parker, you still had Ginobili, you still had Tim Duncan. Um, look at the Toronto Raptors. Yes, you still had Kyle Lowry. You might have been the best player, but can you lead? You had Kyle Lowry, you had Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, you had um, Spicy P. I mean, you still have pieces around you. Um, and the Clippers have bowed down to every demand, every request that you wanted. What's the problem? Why can't you take them to the next level? That's the question that needs to be asked if they lose this year. It's a fair question. Um, he has had a great career, but he made the move to the Clippers. Remember, we could go all the way back. The whole, uh, the master plan, at least that's what other people told us, was Kawhi was going to be a Laker, right? That was all the hype. Like, it's, get, it's getting ready to happen. It's good as done. And him and Uncle Dennis had another plan. Um, and, and so they, they made it to where – they set up a deal, got Paul George from OKC for some picks. And, and by the way, <laughs> they, part of that was trading away um, Shea Gilders Alexander. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, in, in, hi, in hindsight, I'm sure Kawhi would rather be playing with Shea, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you could also say the same about Paul George. I, I've admired Paul George in the sense that he has more talent, he has more talent than somebody like Jimmy Butler. But I trust Jimmy Butler more than I would ever trust Paul George. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Paul George is incredibly talented on both ends of the floor. But I don't know if he – I've never thought he ever had – the last time I thought Paul George had that dog in him, that want to, Indiana. he was on the Pacers. He was young mm-hmm. and he was up and coming. Um, to me, he looks like a guy that just got comfortable. Um, hey, I, hey, Mo, I always said this. I always said this. That when Kawhi and Paul George retired, they're going to go Jimmy Kimball and say, well, we wish you would have went to the Lakers. Uh, we, we we definitely made the wrong decision. <laughs> and, and, and maybe that's what it was, right, Coach? He wanted to go and try to start up his own team and be that dude. And as gifted as he is, he's a star, a superstar. 
Kawhi Leonard was the reason why Paul George is the reason why Paul George in LA because he 100%. asked Kawhi Leonard. He told he demanded Clippers if he was gonna be with the Clippers, you had to go get Paul George. Yeah. So Kawhi Leonard was the driving force of them get bringing Paul George along. So that's why Alexander was actually trade in the deal. So right. and it never worked out. But I got to do give Tyloo credit on this one. That last year's team of the Clippers, they weren't even supposed to be a playing tournament team. Paul George and Kawhi was actually out the whole season, and they still made the play-in tournament. They still actually made the play-in tournament. I, I mean, that's really it. good coaching. I'm, I know they lost to Minnesota, but Paul George didn't even play in that game. He didn't even play in that game because he got COVID during that during that play-in tournament. So, I mean, I got to give a lot of credit to Ty Lue, how he's handling a lot of situations and how he's kind of handling the injury bug a little a little bit and how he gets these guys still out there playing basketball how much he gets these guys out there playing basketball, how much he get the most out of these guys on the court. Man, we 35 minutes in the show, and he's still running from me. Des, <laughs> come on, brother. I'm sorry, Des. I'll, I'll go easy on you, I'll go easy on you Des. Maybe he's, maybe he's sleeping in. Maybe yeah. this not to wake up, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, if, hey, if I if I knew I had to go against me, I would have slept in too. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the uh we got the uh neck, we got the uh we gonna preview the uh Eastern Conference, the Eastern Conference uh four and five matchup. Coach, we got coach, you just you just skipped all over the West, brother. Like I did? Yeah, brother. Um are you talking about the playing tournaments? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was going to the Eastern Conference yeah. first and coming back to the playing choices. Coming oh, okay, okay. What, what, you I was going to do the actual set up the playoffs and then okay. come back, come back, come back to That's it. Right. So, Go ahead, uh, as we know, we do got the uh, New York Knicks going. We do got the New York Knicks going up <laughs> the Cleveland Cavaliers. We got we got that series uh, going on, and we got the Philadelphia 76ers going up against – the Brooklyn Nets. So, Freddie, give me your uh, previews on, on both of those series right there. Man, we might well just call the first round for me upset alert uh, because I think there's going to be quite a few upsets the first round. Um, well, Julia, question, Julia Rand- is Julius Randle going to play the first round? far as I know, I think I think he is. far as I know, far as I know. Far as I know, okay. I think he'll be so. Good. This is this is all with health. If, if, if this next team is healthy and whole, this is this is where I'm going. If Julius Randle is looking like Julius Randle, he's healthy. Brunson doing Brunson things. You still have quickly. You still have um, you know Mitchell Robinson protecting the interior. You still have you know you're shooting. You have all that. I have this game going seven games because I believe it's going to be a dog fight. The even series, yep. I believe we're going to see some of the biggest matchups, biggest matchups, the biggest performances at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I believe the Garden is going to be shaking. We're going to see Spike Lee jumping up and down. We're going to see. We're going to see all of that. We're going to. Hey, we're going to see some big explosions from Donovan Mitchell. Because let's not forget, he is experienced, and he we're accustomed of him ever since he came into the NBA. When he gets to the playoffs, he elevates. We've seen that from his rookie year till now. Um, I think Mobley's gonna have a big games. I think guard Darius Garland's gonna look good, but it still will not be enough to beat the New York Knicks. I'm going with the New York Knicks with the upset. 
I believe they'll be the better defender, the best, better defensive team. And then, hey, I just want to know who's going to be able to stop Julius Randle in the open court. Uh, we've seen Jalen Brunson continue to be that guy who should have been an all-star this year. Uh, I'm just going with New York Knicks in seven. In seven. Mo, what you got? Um, I got the Knicks as well. This series features a few of my favorite players. Love, love Donovan Mitchell, Mobley, Garland. Um, Brunson is one of my favorite, favorite players. And the guy that nobody talks enough about, except for you, Coach, Quentin Grimes. Yep. That's my guy. Yep. Quentin yep. Grimes. Right now he's a 3 and D guy, but he has more in him than 3 and D. Quentin Grimes yep. could drop 20. That guy yep. right there, I, I look for Quentin Grimes to have a really big impact on this series. The Cavaliers might have more individual firepower in the backcourt, but the Knicks have firepower coming off the bench. They've got quickly. They, they've got they've just got more depth. They got size. I like the Knicks. If even if Julius Randle's not a hundred percent, I still like the Knicks because I think they're the better team. I think they're better defensively. And I'll say it again: he's not as explosive. He doesn't have that highlight reel. But I think Jalen Brunson is as good or better than Donovan Mitchell. As a basketball player, whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you, can, you can, you can, you can, whoa! But I'm just, uh, hey, I'm doing like you. I'm spitting Freddie facts. Mo, mo better. Listen, brother. Listen, one, one and a half years, two years don't make you better than Donovan Mitchell. I'm just saying, bro. Like Donovan Mitchell has, like I said, it's his rookie year. He's never missed a playoff. Not, not, ne- never, not, never in his career. He hey, and when it's time for big moments, we've seen him elevate. That's all I'm gonna say. I seen him put up big numbers, and I'm a fan. But he was on the same Utah team with Gobert that didn't come up big. He can't, he can and he didn't he didn't play well all the time. He he's part of that franchise too. So when you talk about Gobert, Donovan Mitchell didn't show up all the time. Mike Collins didn't show up on all, all the time. Like oh, I, you, I'm I'm just being real. You're you're talking about a numbers guy. But there's two sides of the ball. As much as I like Donovan Mitchell, he don't guard anybody. He don't play defense. So I, I get that he can score a lot and put up numbers. But but here's my mindset. Bad teams, really, really bad teams, they got a leading score. Every team got a leading score. So while I think he's an all-star, I don't think he's a superstar. I think he's an all-star. I mean, you get I mean, I'm not gonna say Jalen Brunson is better than Donovan Mitchell either. But I think Donovan, I mean, Jalen Brunson was one of the reasons why Dallas did go to the Western Conference Finals. He was that secondary scorer. He did have a big series. And Donovan Mitchell was the driving force of the Utah Jazz. He don't play much defense, but the team wasn't good enough. Let's be honest. The Jazz team wasn't good enough outside of Donovan Mitchell. Remember, Coach. Huh? Remember, Coach. Luka didn't play the first couple of games. Yep. Jalen Brunson outplayed Donovan Mitchell. Luca didn't play. That was J- and the funny thing is going into the series with Luca out, most people assume Utah was going to get up on them and be up 2-0 or 3. But I, and I told people, you don't ever, and I mean ever, bet on a team that got Rudy Gobert on them. You don't do that. You don't do that. And what happened was Donovan Mitchell, uh, Donovan Mitchell, but Jalen Brunson was the best player. Luca came back and he did Luca things. But Jalen Brunson didn't take his, his foot off the pedal. Jalen Brunson, he balled out. I, again, he doesn't have the highlight reel. He's not as explosive. 
I'm talking about as a basketball player, all the other intangibles. And look, the great thing about this show, about Sports Empire Network and talking to you brothers is we'll all make our picks. Yeah. The, game, the games and series will play out, and then we'll go, you know what? It did go like this or it did go like that, and we give each other credit for being right or wrong, and we'll see. That's well, it. some of us decide to duck on some people, so I'm just <laughs> I still think he's sleeping in, man. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he he may be sleeping. He's sleeping in, man. I, I think he. I hope he don't make me fly out to Give Denver. Give Dad's credit, man. Hey, I hope hey. he don't make me fly out to Denver. Dad's yeah. <laughs> part of the morning crew, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we got so we got the next game before we get into the uh before we get into the actual play-in games coming up on Tuesday and Wednesday. We got the series of the Philadelphia 76ers going up against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I don't think that's going to be too much of a series right there. Uh, I, I will say Brooklyn may can probably get a game up out of that series. I wish it was really Miami, to be honest. I wish it was really Miami playing too, uh, instead of uh, Brooklyn. But other than that, Brooklyn managed to make the playoffs after the trades. They managed to get better, do get better uh, without Kyrie Irving pretty much. Uh, but other than that, uh, Freddie, uh, what you got on that series? Man, I've been doing nothing but upsets. No, no, I've been doing nothing but upsets. You're not gonna do that, Freddie. <laughs> Freddie, come on now. I really want to do another upset, but I can't. I can't. <laughs> I have to go Philadelphia, but I don't think it's just gonna be no sweep or anything like that. I think um, the Nets can win two games in the series. Um, I see it going six, um, but I believe in game six, we'll see Joel Embiid play out of his mind um, to, to, to prevent it from going seven. Um, I'm going to go Philadelphia in six. I was about to say, you as did. bad as I want, I, I really want to do an upset. I really, really do. Come on, man. I was about to say, you might after that statement, if you made that statement, you might well cancel the Freddy facts. Freddy facts after that one. But uh, go go ahead, Mo. <laughs> what you got? I, I got the Sixers. I give the Nets a lot of credit. I, and I, I do. Like, I'm really impressed with what Bridges did once he went to Brooklyn. He elevated not just himself, but his teammates. Cam Johnson played well. Dinwiddie played well. Claxton has been one of the best defensive players in the league all season long. The Nets, because of the picks that they got with the trade and the elevation of bridges, the Nets have set themselves up again, like I said, well for the future. But in the now, I got the Sixers winning in five. I I think the Nets can win a, win a game. And, and look, they might prove me wrong and win two, but the only way they even get, the, get a game is they've got to play extra fast. They've got to run. they got to run Joel Embiid. They have to neutralize what he's going to do to them on the other end. And the best way to wear him down is to run him. So I, I still think Philly wins in five, but I think the Nets will pull one out. Hey, Anthony, yeah. I'm giving the Nets hope. I said they're going six, and I want to. I'm going to put out a request to an NBA player in the NBA. If some way somehow you're watching the show, Ben Simmons, please play, please play. I pray that you play, brother. I would love to see you versus NBA. We would give give us fans what we want to see. Lace it up. Get out your feelings and play ball. We know you won't do it, but it's a request. 
Yo, I got the same. I got the same prediction as Mo. I got it in five. I think they do compete in this year. I think they win one game on their home floor, and I think that that will be probably about it. Wouldn't be surprised if they go go to go to six games. But if it does go to six games and the series extends, and they can they can they did their job. They wore down Philadelphia for the next opponent, which may be Boston or Milwaukee. So they 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 would be doing. They would do their job wearing them. Do put a good wore down on them. So. Next, we go to the Western Conference playing tournament. Starts Tuesday with the Lakers at Minnesota. At Minnesota, you have uh, the Pelicans and the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And we we all can expect this on Tuesday. We can all expect uh, probably almost a whooping uh, with the Los Angeles Lakers going up against Minnesota. Minnesota is in a complete disarray at this point. You're playing a team. You're playing a team. Uh, that's fighting against each other. The coaching staff have no uh, control of the players. You're just fighting a disgruntled team right now. Uh, you got players fighting themselves, arguing with each other. You're just playing against a whole uh, mess of an organization. So, uh, Freddie, give, give me your thoughts upon that. Before I go into the matchup, I want, just want to call out some haters real quick. <laughs> just, oh, you know. No, don't do that. Come on, Freddie. I got to. I got to, Coach. <laughs> the Lakers started two and ten. All I could hear, Mo, you just joined. You didn't have to hear all this. All I hear the group chat. Oh, we are far below five hundred team. Oh, a team today's not going to make no noise. A team not going no playoffs. Oh, this team is trash. This team and that. But that chat has been awfully quiet lately. It's been very, very quiet. Just saying, hey. Shout hey man, shout out to this team. They showed they have a lot of fight in them. They showed that they had no quit. The trade most definitely helped. Um, you can see that it brought uh, it poured more juice into LeBron's and Anthony Davis' body. Um, and just like one of our the greatest Laker of all time, just like the greatest Laker of all time always said, job not finished. It's not finished, um, and it starts Tuesday. Um, one thing that I loved in yesterday's game is that LeBron James got in a it was a tune-up game. Um, he was able to find his rhythm. Um, that's what he's been trying to do ever since he's been back, trying to find a rhythm from his jump shots and everything like that. Because I'm going to tell you, if, if he have it going on, it's, this team will be hard to beat. Because what is what that's going to do is it's going to allow uh, the opposing team cannot double team Anthony Davis anymore because you you're going to be worried about the perimeter you're going to be worried about guys with the shots Austin Reeves man I got to give him a lot of love uh, just think about a guy that's been undrafted got thrown in the fire last year started for us played a lot of minutes you know we've seen improvements. Um, then people are like, well, can he do it again the next year? And did he? I mean, these last couple of weeks, he's been averaging 20 points a game. I mean, he's been he's elevated. Um, and he, he he's a guy, he's a glue guy. You know, if you need him to do a little bit of this, he can do it. If you need him to do a little bit of that, he can do it. If you need him to do this, that, he can do it. Um, definitely he's gonna definitely just demand a bag this all season too, because he's proven that he's 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 not an undrafted player, he's the NBA player in the NBA. Um, 
You have D'Angelo Russell knocking down shots. Malik Beasley has got has, has found the <laughs> checked in for us finally. Um, that was a big concern that you know, like, oh, Beasley <laughs> looking looking just as bad. Like he's breaking shots, but he's finally found the, found the ball go down to the net. Um, Vanderbilt's going to play, you know, defense. AD's going to play defense. Um, you know, that's. That's something that need definitely need to elevate because we've seen that in the last couple of games slip down a little bit. But um, I believe a lot of that has just had to do with rest. And if the Lakers can win Tuesday, they have like four or five days off to rest, get their legs back under them. Um, that gives AD, LeBron some time to rest their body. Um, Angelo Russell dealing with a foot soreness can rest his body. Dennis Schroeder, uh, who's been dealing with injury as well. Um, but – I have them winning Tuesday because um, I, I just believe that, you know, they're, they're going to want the rest, and Minnesota is just a poop show right now. <laughs> I mean, that's yep. exactly what it is. They're a poop show right now. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's just where I believe. Mo? Um, with the Oklahoma City and New Orleans, I like both both young squads. I mean, I, mean, I love B.I., Trey Murphy, Herb Jones, those those three wings. And CJ's been a solid veteran presence. You got big Valachunas in the middle. Uh, Coach, do you know if Alvarado's gonna be able to play or not? Uh I don't think I don't think he's I don't I don't think I don't know for sure. Let me see. Let me see. Do they got him on the injured list? Uh no, no injuries. It's no injuries. So if Alvarado I, can play, that can impact yeah. that game because he's such a great on the ball defender. But I'm looking at Getty. I'm looking at Shea, Dort, and those guys, and they're playing with house money. I'm going to take the Thunder to beat the Pelicans. That's what I believe. I'm going for the upset too. I'm right there with you. I love, yeah. I love, I love this man. I'm going to go for the upset too. Yeah. I like that. I, like I think, I think they take out the Pelicans. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Pelicans. We definitely won't be surprised. If Pelicans win, but hey, the Thunder. I love, I love, I love their ability. I love their ability to kind of. Uh, match up with him a little bit. Shea Gilgis Alexander is on another level. He's unstoppable yeah. as of right now. The coaching staff is pretty decent. Jalen Williams, two Jalen Williamses, two Jalen another, another uh, level. They taking it up on another level. And I think the Dump Thunder, uh, with them being young and you know reaching that playing uh, playing uh, tournament right there, I think that's a dangerous matchup for. You know, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. I know New Orleans got the experience. I know they got Brandon Ingram down, but I think the Thunder. I think the Thunder uh, can out outlast them. I think the game is going to be close. I think Thunder win this game by three points. Yeah, me too. Um, as far as the Lakers uh, and the Timberwolves, you know, what, even if the, the Timberwolves didn't get into that fight last night, I was still going to go with the Lakers. Um, yep. I just, I just think that the Lakers, in the end. The one thing about the NBA, it does highlight great players. The Lakers have their two best players are better than the T-Wolves' two best players. And I just think Anthony Edwards is on an island, and he's he's surrounded by, I guess what you would say, that the future is uncertain in Minnesota. I expect him to compete, and I think Ant's going to put up numbers, but I think LeBron's going to look, look at this situation and realize if we knock them out now, mm-hmm. we can get this rest. And we yep. can get ready to go ahead and play. Do they play Denver? I think they play Denver, right? Memphis. Memphis. Go ahead and get well rested and go 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 attack John Company. So I, I think the Lakers take them out because they want that advantage of having that rest. 
So I think the Lakers will take out um the T Wolves. Let me speak on that OKC game. Go ahead. I understand SGA, he's a monster. I love Giddy. I love the William brothers. I love that coach. I wish the Lakers had a coach like him. <laughs> I love that coach. He got some fire to him. I love a coach that got some fire in him. But man, Brandon Ingram. Yo. <laughs> Brandon Ingram. Hey, he had 41 yesterday. 40. Hey. He's going to go off again, and I don't think OKC defense will be able to contain him. Um, um, Valatunis, he's going to be the big man. I'm not sure that's going to be a good matchup for OKC. He's a big body. He can bag you in that post. Um, C.J. McCullum, he didn't have that, that great of a game yesterday. I expect bounce back from him. Um, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Uh, even though I love OKC, I love you know the young talent, but like Coach always say, they're here way too early for the party. We did not expect them to be here. That's yep. they overachieved. And just wait for this summer. Wait for this draft. I'm gonna be. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do to make the additions to this roster. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with the Pelicans just because they have the best player in the series. What? Brandon English better than SGA, bro. No, he's not. No, yes. He's no, he's not, bro. No, he's not. You know what SGA does that Ingram doesn't do? He might try to. SGA's he's a beast on defense too. Ingram not Ingram not a shut with all that length. Ingram not a good defender. And I'll say this too: what Shea does that Ingram should do, Shea attacks the basket. I'm gonna tell you right now, Shea's gonna shoot at least ten to twelve free throws. Ingram should be doing that, but he it, that's not who he is. He would much rather take a tough fadeaway than attack the rim. I would take Shea over Ingram because even on a bad shooting night, Shea's going to drop 30 just because he's going to shoot 12 to 15 free throws. Let me apologize. I'm sorry. I forgot Shea was ever done 30 this year. But um, I believe in this matchup, Brandon Ingram will be better. Shea might be the better player, but I believe Brandon Ingram will elevate because I've seen Ingram elevate in big games uh, before. I'm not sure. This is going to be the first one for Shea. Um, no doubt. You know, this is going to be the first one. Uh, I've seen Brandon. He played 42 minutes yesterday. <laughs> 42 <laughs> minutes. 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Hey, I believe, you know, SGA might be a little rusty too because he didn't play the last game. Uh, he didn't play yesterday. If I was um, OKC, I'd be afraid of Trey Murphy because Trey, Trey Murphy's the guy nobody's looking at. He could knock down that shot too. He got range and, he, and he's explosive. Yeah, Trey Murphy's a bad man. All right, so we move on to the uh, next uh, group of playing tournaments before we get to some big news yesterday in the NFL. Uh, so we got we did we do got the Bulls going up against the Raptors. We do got the Heat going up against uh, the Heat going up against the uh, Disarray Atlanta Hawks as well. Uh, so, Freddie, give me your inputs on both of those series. I have Miami over the Hawks um, because they're going to be better defensively. They're going to knock down just as many shots. Um, Jimmy, they have Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Butler's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, inexperience matters. Um, but also, I just believe that they're going to blitz um, the Hawks. I mean, the Hawks not going to have their way. Um 
I don't expect Trey Young to have that big of a game. Me personally, I believe now. I do believe DeJounte Murray will have a good game, but I don't think Trey Young's gonna have that good of a game. Um, and that's for that one. And for the Bulls and the um and the Raptors. Yeah. I'm gonna go with Toronto. I'm gonna go with Toronto. The Chicago Bulls team has been way too inconsistent this year, and I just don't believe that they're going to just all of a sudden wake up to be the great of a team that they're supposed to be. Um, I believe um, Sock, um, Siakam is going to be too much. Um, I would like Fred, Fred Van Vliet is going to get a shot. Uh, yeah. OG is going to play great defense on um, on uh, DeRozan. Um, and I just believe that this Toronto team and their depth is going to be too much. But um, this this Toronto team will be a fire sale this offseason for any team in the NBA that want to add pieces. But yep. I believe that there'll be too much for the Chicago Bulls team. I know. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Miami over the Hawks because of Miami's ability to elevate in the playoffs, their defense, and their shot making. I, I'm going to take Jimmy Butler to be the best player in that game. I, I think he'll – him along with Bam – and hero, I think that's going to be the difference when you look and you look at Atlanta. Um, look, Trey's oh, he's too ball dominant. The some of the guys disappear, Hunter's in and out the lineup. They don't know how to use John Collins. Um, there was a time when Clinton Capella was giving you 15 and 12, and he's just kind of falling off out of the offense. I, I just think we t- we use the word disarray a lot. Atlanta's very much they're like the Eastern Conference version of the Timberwolves. So yep. So I'm going I'm going to take Miami to take them out. Like I said, I, coach said this in a, in a perfect world, Miami would have already been in the playoffs and they would be playing Philly. So I I think Miami's going to take out Atlanta and then I look at Chicago. They, I look at Chicago and I'm like so much fell apart when they lost Lonzo. Maybe they didn't have that floor general cuz Lonzo had turned himself into one of the better 3 and D guys in the league. Yep. And Minus him, it, re- it really hurt them. He was the head of the snake. Even though DeRozan and Levine put up numbers, without without a real point guard, they become nothing but an ISO basketball team offensively. And defensively, they're shaky at best. I'm looking at Toronto, and Scotty Barnes, he's going to either guard DeRozan or Levine, but whoever he guard, they're not going to play well. And then you got OG guarding the other one. So it's weird that Toronto – is a team that we all think is going to have a fire sale because for some reason they couldn't put it together. But when you look at their talent, I just said Barnes and OG, those are two of the best defenders in the league. And then you got Siakam who can do a little bit of everything. He can give you 20 and 10, five or six assists. Van Fleet's a shot maker. Gary Trent Jr. is a shot maker. Um, Chris Bosher coming off the bench is a shot maker. And they've been mediocre. So I, I don't know if that's just chemistry or or something to do in the front office. It, they've had a disappointing season, but there's no way Chicago's going to beat Toronto. Toronto's just better. Yep, like Freddie just uh, said, the team is going to be up for fire sale this offseason. Nick Nurse, uh, regard win or lose, especially if he lose, this is his last time coaching the Toronto Raptors. This will be his last season with the Toronto Raptors coaching uh, the team. He's going to uh, coach so- the Rockets. Huh? Hey, it's rumored out there that we uh that yeah, we, that he's a good coach. And I, hey, I would love, I would love him. I would actually uh, like him. I would, the candidates that we got, I would actually like any one of the either one of the top three that we that we uh looking at. So, other than that, so this will be his last time. This will be his last season coaching Toronto. I don't know the playing game will be his last time. 
will be his last time uh, with, with the with the loss, with the loss, any type of loss in the postseason. You know, this will be, you know, his last time coaching the Toronto Raptors as a head coach. So we go. Lakers, go. please fire him. We have too many coaches. <laughs> this about to be in the- you have Ami, you have um, you have you have a lot of good coaches. Fire him. He requested the man to be down fired after one season already. Man, hey, he's just Frank Vogel. He is. Yeah. I don't know the difference between him and Vogel. Yeah, so uh we go to the uh NFL portion of things. We got a big deal that kind of went down yesterday. Uh, the question I'm gonna throw at uh Freddie right here OBJ signs a one year deal worth 18 million uh dollars, 13 mil is guaranteed to OBJ. So, again, OBJ, I don't know if this is something this is something that clicked in my mind. Does OBJ know something about Lamar Jackson is the reason why he's going there? We know Baltimore needed uh receivers, we know Baltimore needed receivers. Uh, from last year, we know they got uh, Rashad Bateman, who cannot really stay on the field. Uh, outside of him, we got Mark Andrews, who's one of the top tight ends in the game at this point. You got an up-and-coming guy, and Isaiah Likely also at the tight end position. But OBJ had to know something for him to just automatic go to ball for him to go to Baltimore. Not necessarily. Go to Baltimore, so, uh, not ne- hey, not necessarily. Not necessarily, bro. Um. The Ravens gave this man eighteen million for two bad ACL injuries. I mean, let that sink in. I mean, hey, it was uh, to me. I think it was all about the money. I, I'm not gonna think too hard on it. Um, I just, I, I just think it was dumb. Uh, that's what you know, I was saying. I, I didn't. That's what I. That's why I was kind of saying I had two sides of everything. Yeah, I think it was just dumb on both parts. You'll pay this guy eighteen million, but you, your quarterback is still hanging. Yep. You still haven't taken care of your your franchise quarterback. Um, so to me, I, and I wouldn't have paid Odell Beckham Jr. that much, that much money, even though I think OBJ would be a good piece, but I'm not sure would he be able to last in a 17 game season. Um, that, that's, that's a valuable question because we've seen him go through, you know, those major injuries. So I'm not saying that he knows something about Lamar. I just think it's more about a money deal. And Baltimore just doing Baltimore things still. No news on Lamar Jackson. Um, are they so now are y'all willing to, you know, hey, you took a risk on OBJ? Are you willing to do the right thing and pay your quarterback? I'm not sure. And I think they in cap hell too. Last time we checked, we checked yesterday. Me and my uh I was on the buddy show yesterday, and they in cap hell too. So I don't know if Lamar Jackson stays. To be, I don't think he stays. I don't think they got the money to pay Lamar Jackson at this point of time. I think they they in a negative type of range. So, uh, good luck with trying to pay Lamar Jackson. They just paid you know OBJ the eighteen mil. That's part of Lamar Jackson's money right now. That's part of that's half of his money you're giving OBJ. So, Mo, go ahead. Give me your thoughts on this one. It's it's what Freddie said, what what you said. I I, I know there's two sides to this, but I, I think OBJ, nobody else was gonna give him $18 million. He t- he he took the money. Cause to me, you're a wide receiver and and you're trying to like reestablish yourself, be it as a number one or a number two, you would think he would look for a team that has a quarterback that can fling the football. Like it would have been easy to go play with Pat Mahomes. It would have been easy, even if you said, 
I don't care where Aaron Rodgers ends up and play with Aaron Rodgers. And I know the Jets already have a number one in Wilson, and Wilson's going to be a beast. But yeah. as a number two, you still would have been a playmaker. I don't think OBJ is a number one anymore, but he could be an impactful number two or even a number three on the right team going to the Ravens, and you don't even know if Lamar is going to be part of your future. You really had to go there for the money because – if Lamar doesn't play and, and they're going with a, a, a second or third third string quarterback, what what kind of impact does OBJ think he gonna have? You know what I mean? We what, what kind of what kind of season he gonna have? Six hundred yards, maybe average eleven yards a catch at best. Um, I don't I don't understand that thinking unless you literally went there for the money. Yep. They gave a man eighteen million. For two bad ACLs. <laughs> man, oh man. Oh man. Oh desperate man. franchises do desperate things. Just saying. I mean, if you're the Ravens at this point, man, like I say, um, I know I think they still have uh Tyler Huntley, but at this point of time, Freddie, if you're the Ravens and you did get uh, OBJ. What you do with your quarterback situation? Do you think Lamar Jackson is pretty much out of the door? Do you think he's pretty much out of the door? Do you think the relationship could be uh, fixed? Like I've been saying, bro, I think they mutually should want a divorce. I think it should be on both sides. I think, you know, the Ravens should want Lamar gone because, I mean, hey, let's face it, last couple of years, towards the end of the season, you haven't been in Big B. You have not shown us that you can be durable. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's probably why the question mark, why they can't, they won't sign him to the money that he's wanting. Um, and two, if I'm Lamar Jackson, yes, ever since I've been to Baltimore, you have not given me any help outside of Mark Andrews. So I don't trust you guys. So I think it should be a mutual breakup. I think both of them should want to part ways with each other. And, and I don't think, so their argument will be, you haven't been able to finish the last couple of seasons. If I'm Lamar, my argument would be I'm the only quarterback in the league that has 15 or 16 desired running plays. You run me like a running back, even though I'm a quarterback. What do you expect to happen at some point? If you run a quarterback like a running back, you're going to get hit like a running back. You could get worn down like a running back. Lamar Jackson, if you told me who's one of the five playmakers, top five playmakers in football, Lamar Jackson's one of those dudes. But the Ravens, that that was their system. They didn't want to go RPO. They just straight wanted him to run the. They have straight fifteen to sixteen design runs. I'm just saying, I don't care who you are. Cam Newton was like bigger than most defensive ends, and he got busted up over time. It, it, you, it's it's not quarterbacks are not meant to run the ball fifteen to sixteen times a game and have a fifteen sixteen year career. That's not realistic. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I don't want to come back because. If I come back to y'all, I'm guaranteed to get busted up again anyway because of the way the offense is set. Yep. So I got an interesting quote. It's an interesting quote right here. Uh, we shifted back to the NBA, and it's really something interesting that, that was put in the group chat of Coffee and Sports in the morning. It's about Dame Lillard, if you haven't saw the quote. And it seems like he don't have much time. He's saying he don't have much time. For a rebuild, for uh, for a building with uh, two to three year guys uh, away and not really going after it. Is this is a message sent 
to the uh, Portland Trail Blazers organization. We all know as uh, Damian Lillard to be one of the most loyal guys in the NBA. But, Freddie, is he tired of Portland? Is this a sign at Portland of him wanting to uh, finally get up out of there and break his uh, shield? Nope. Man, Dame just talking. We've heard him last couple years, oh, I'm going to be loyal, I'm this. I'm not not creating no super team. I'm not leaving. Bro, I mean – I'm not. I'm not here to. I don't care what name say. I mean, name best. Best time to leave was, I believe, last year. No, the year before the year the Lakers got rust when LeBron and them was um, recruiting him to L.A. Um, that was his best time out. Um, I, I, hey, Dame, Dame, Dame was gonna stay in Portland. He he just frustrated how the season went. That's it. What, Mo? And, and you can hear by the tone of my voice. I'm tired of talking about it. Ah. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big Dame fan. I think Dame is like he's he he's been. Yes, we talk about the loyalty, but he's been one of the great players in his NBA over the last eight to ten years. My my issue with Dame is this: you know your organization. You yep. know how they were building, who they let go, who they brought in. You knew going into this season, your team wasn't going to be any good. You already knew that. So I, <laughs> I understand the loyalty, but you can't have it both ways. You can't say I'm loyal, but at the same time say, I don't have time to wait for these dudes to develop, and we can't go for it right now. Like You signed up for that. You signed yep. up to be on a mediocre team. And if you're going to be loyal, you know, even though you say it with a straight face, I plan on winning a title in Portland. You know you're never going to win a title in Portland. That's not going to happen. It it will never happen. And no top free agent is going to Portland, Oregon willingly. The only way somebody goes there is they get traded. And even then, they ain't going to like the idea of it. It, 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 I I have to be right. The best you could do is get Jeremy Grant, who on a good team is a fourth option. So I I respect Dame, but – he signed up for this. That's all I'm saying. Like you, you can't be mad at the organization. You had a ch- you had an out. You had an out, and you decided, nah. You 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 did the whole. I'm not going to do the super team thing. I get that, man, and that and that looks good. And people will talk about how loyal you are. But at the end of the day, when your career is over, and you haven't won nothing, and you haven't competed for a title, you made that decision. Hold on, Mo. The bishop has entered the chat. Yeah. Big time. Let's talk about it. They are in trouble. The Grizzlies are in trouble. <laughs> Jay. Woo-wee, man. They, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got uh I want John Morant Daddy in front and center for this oh one. Oh my goodness, man. Y'all, hey, y'all come on, man. I want him and Shannon Sharp to sit right next to each other. Don't mess with T. <laughs> hey, TV, hey, y'all know TV want to see that. Shannon Sharp. Next to uh, John Marine's father sitting beside each other, we need Shannon wearing the same blue sweater. Oh, that <laughs> Bill Crosby sweater, yeah, yeah. We need him still wear that man. thing. Was thick. <laughs> Ooh, man, hey, you talking about that's yep. Hey, man, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not going to we hey, carry on, coach. That's gonna be a fun series to watch. That is, that's gonna be a fun series, that's gonna be a great series to watch. So we got a um, next quote uh, coming up. We all know 
Uh, the Golden State Warriors didn't end up making the playoffs. They will be uh, playing against the Sacramento Kings. Klay Thompson said, uh, "I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see a team who can beat us when we're healthy in a seven-game series." Freddie, do you believe that? There's some truth to it, you guys. But listen, bro, can you win on the road? I mean, hey, y'all, y'all had problems before Andrew Wiggins left. Y'all couldn't win on the road when he was there. So all of a sudden, he's not going to just jump back in and say, oh, all of a sudden, y'all are a great road team. Um, do I count the Warriors out? Of course not. I mean, hey, I don't count the Warriors out. I don't count LeBron out. I don't count guys like this. Like, there's nothing you can throw at them that they've never seen. They are experienced for a reason. But I'm just saying, like, yo, are we sure they're going to be able to turn it on in the biggest moments? We'll see. I mean, I think they can, but we just going to have to sit back and see. Um, there's a lot of talk going on, and like I said, don't don't take Sacramento lightly. That's all I can say, Clay. Mo? Oh, and by the way, the fans in Sacramento is going to be so hyped for that game. <laughs> they going to be so hyped just for the reason of being back in the playoffs and they who you're going the against. Man, and for who you're going against. So just just be prepared. That atmosphere is going to be crazy. Man, that crowd, you talk, you go back to the 2000s when they had the best fan base, the best crowd. It was hard to play. It was hard to play in that arena, man. They've never had the best fan base. We, we all no, know. I mean, I mean the best crowd, the best oh, like Okay, okay. You okay. go in there okay. on Sacramento, you get you used to get the loudest crowd pretty much ever. The Sacramento fans are really are really uh like that. They're really it was. They're really, they're really loud. So when they, when they had C Web in them, it was crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was real crazy. Mike Bibby and all. Yeah, it was it was yep. crazy. It was tough to play down. Really tough to play down. So, um, Mo, what you got on that? What you got on that? Right. No, there? I I don't think Clay spoke anything that wasn't true. This is what I'll say. They're the defending champions. Nobody's expecting them to win at all, and yet they're kind of the scariest team. They're bad on the road, but think about this: this is the playoffs. It's the best of seven. If they're great at home, they only got to win one road game. Like, like that's kind of a scary thought. You don't think? Look, I no disrespect. I like, I love everything about Sacramento. I do, I do. And I, if you ask me who I want to win, I want Sacramento to beat Golden State. But I think Golden State will win at least one game in Sacramento, and I don't think Sacramento's gonna win in Golden State. I, I think Golden State will will win a great first round series, but I think they'll win it. Yep, definitely, definitely. So uh as of right now, we only got two head coaches that's gonna be gone. If y'all don't know, the Wayne Casey time is up in Detroit. His time has what came up in Detroit. Uh he will not be be back as a Detroit Pistons head coach. Do y'all what do y'all see Dwayne Casey? I know we all can agree he will get another, he will find some some work somewhere else. So well and what's Lakers fire Darvin oh, Ham. Fire Darvin Ham. <laughs> so come Freddie, on, come on, Freddie. We're getting ready to go to the playoffs, man. <laughs> Freddie, would you take Darvin? Give, the, take, give uh, the man a run. Come on. Just say, just say, would you would you have loved Dwayne Casey to be the uh, Lakers head coach if it was open? If of they course, decide. of course I would, man. Dwayne Casey is a great coach, just in a horrible situation. <laughs> we see what he did in Toronto. 
let's not forget if he would have hit Kawhi Leonard, they would have won. The, he would have won the championship too. I, I hate that you know people you know give credit to the um what's the I forgot the coach name is up there right now. Nick um, Nurse. Nick Nurse. Yep, Nick Nurse is a great coach. Okay. Yep. He is. But let's not disrespect Dwayne Casey. Dwayne yep. Casey problem was that he ran against LeBron James and LeBron James. If he didn't have to run into LeBron James, they would have made a deep run too. But he got caught. Um, Nick Nurse got Kawhi Leonard, <laughs> and that changed the total, the whole, the whole atmosphere. There was no don't LeBron forget, in the don't East. Forget Freddie. He got Kawhi Leonard. When LeBron left, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he got him right when LeBron left. So yeah, he, that, talk that was about perfect timing. Time. That was a good time, perfect mm-hmm. timing. So I'm Dwayne Casey's a good coach. He's a coach that I can, I believe, he can put fire under his players. Um, he's not a coach that's going to deal with a lot of BS. Um, but I, I <laughs> coach, I'd be calling him right now. <laughs> I'd be calling him right now. Come on, Freddie. <laughs> Ah, uh, Freddie! Hey, y'all, y'all hear that? We going in the playoffs. Freddie ready to give up on Darvin Ham, man. Well, Ham, well, Ham, Ham, going to have to prove himself to me. I mean, I'm gonna be watching him close to his playoffs. <laughs> he going to have to show me that he got a little uh in him. <laughs> hey, hey, Bo, Luke Walton had a little bit more uh in him. I mean, when there's a call, we see Luke Walton get upset. We'll see him. You know, I mean, at least he had a pulse. Damn, he had he a just pulse, like this. But- I knew early on that Luke, Luke is one of those dudes. He, he meant to be an assistant coach. I, I hated that we fired him, man. Because I mean, how can you fire a dude? I understand, you know. How can you fire a dude that had you number four in the West on Christmas, and you expected him to do more that was after that everybody got hurt? That was crazy. That was I mean, crazy. I mean, let's just be honest. Can you can he at least get a fair chance? I mean, they didn't give him a fair opportunity. They were number four in the West before everybody got hurt. What about that year? Um, and I could be wrong, but I believe we had Mike Brown, and I think the Lakers started off 0 and 5, and Mike mm-hmm. Brown got fired. Like, I, 0, and 5, 0 and 5 is bad, but it's an 82 game season, man. You're like, you got to give Mike Brown a better chance than that. Like, <laughs> after five games, I mean, hey, like I said, it's, it's a lot of pressure to be the coach for the Lakers. And especially a lot of pressure to be the coach for LeBron James. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you ask LeBron that is himself. You tell me, David Black. David Black got fired when they were thirty-one and twelve, first place in the in the Eastern Conference, and he campaigned for Ty Lue to be the head coach, and they end up winning the they end up winning the championship that same year. But again, goddamn, the man thirty-one and twelve in yeah. first place in the East, and you, you get the man, the man. That's all of a sudden. Out of the door. That 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 is really. LeBron that is really wanted him fired in the playoffs. Yeah, he wanted him fired, in the, fired in the playoffs. In the playoffs. In the, NBA, the, the, the year that they made the finals and lost. Yeah. And the next year, he obviously got fired when they started thirty-one and twelve. Then he went to Miami, wanted Eric Spoelstra fired. I I don't know if y'all don't know. Pat Riley him. don't play that. If y'all yep. If y'all seen the when he bumped into Eric Spoelstra, when he actually bumped into Eric Spoelstra, that was a problem right there. But you guess what? You had. Uh, oh, you had better ownership. Pat Riley don't play that crap. He don't play that crap. And oh, don't get in ownership because Pat Riley don't play that crap. Don't get in ownership because I'm gonna tell you, if, if Genie busted, oh, we're gonna sell the team. I'll be like, praise the Lord, praise <laughs> the Lord. And, and listen, I used to love Genie because, but now Genie's not too focused on the Lakers. I mean, she's really not. And I always ask, what's the difference between her and her brother outside of that championship? Outside of that championship, what's the difference? 
Uh, now <laughs> she didn't let Linda Rambis, Kirk Rambis, and Phil Jackson, whoever else she wants to run the Lakers. And it's like, <laughs> and I hate that Rob Polinka pulled off that trade because it makes him look good. Oh man, it, it makes. You gotta give him good. credit. That was a good. He did a good. That was a good move. No, I agree, but that's why I said I hate it because we got to give him credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, uh, we ran. I was hoping of- he'd get fired this summer, Mo. I was like, <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be the summer. But now look at him; he done bought himself another year. Yeah, I want I want to bring up something before it look like it's gonna be short show of today because we ran. Dez ran for me again. Dez, I'm disappointed you, Dez. You supposed to show up today. He didn't show up, Dez. But I want to point out a little something uh, right quick uh, for my own sake for the Houston Rockets. I just want to thank Steven Silas for his damn services. That's why I just want to thank him. Uh, I did give him a pass his first year. He had to deal with the James Harden crap. James Harden being a uh, James Harden being, being pretty much an a a a hole pretty much. We end up getting him about it out. So I do give him a pass on that year. He had to come in and deal with that. He thought he was playing with Russell. He thought he was going to coach Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Boy, James Harden started turning into this and that right there. And then Westbrook requested Jade. Okay. But you had two full seasons. It's no excuse that you dealt a bad hand. You had plenty of opportunities. Um, 59 and 117 as a head coach. You have to be one of the worst head coaches win percentage that I ever saw a day in my life. Uh, it's the reason why you've been assistant coach for two uh, for 20 years. And I just want to thank Coach Silas for his services. And we prepared to go ahead and get a new head coach. Uh, Jalen Green called him out publicly on different, multiple occasions. The players didn't buy into what he was doing. I understand, Steven Silas, you're a great man. You probably can have a cup of coffee, you know, a couple of uh, beverages with Steven Silas, sit down and talk to him. But right now, uh, he's not a great coach. And I don't think he can coach. He can coach I'm not going to say he can't coach a game of basketball. Obviously, he can. He did it for 20 years. But for as a head coach, that's a lot of things on them, especially when you got to coach a young team like this team and ability to elevate players and stuff like that. The Raphael Stone crap, you know, coming in, you know, doing meetings, film studies, only trying to help them out. Steven Silas did not want it. So I just want to thank Steven Silas for his uh, 59, for his 59 and 117 record. And I want to thank him for his services. And I hope he finds success, success somewhere else. And Rockets fans, Rockets organization, thank you, and we moving on to the next chapter. Just have to give Dallas going to the Hawks. No, no. I just, <laughs> oh, I just playing. I just playing. Yeah, you gonna be an assistant coach. Hey, I think coach, you coach, to rest your question. Go ahead. So I've heard some people that are Houston Rockets fans, and they blame the players that they feel entitled, want to do things their way. Like, how much of the blame is on Stephen Silas, and how much is it on just the players? I mean, I mean, you can't never rule the players out, but again. We didn't see coaches. We didn't see coaches in this league make something out of any out of uh, some young players. You seen Kenny Atkinson with that organization with the no, uh, no, 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 that's not what this no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Because Houston clearly has talent. Yeah, I know we had a talent, but, but they, the saying is that Houston the players is kind of stuck in their way. Wanted they want to do it their way, um, and I've heard that even though. They're just not coachable. That's what I've heard. They're not coachable. That's not true. And yeah, I don't know. And I don't know who's commenting it, by the way. 
Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not. That's not true. That's not true at all. It's definitely. I mean, half of it is on the players, but most of it is on Stevie's side. Most of it is actually on Stevie's side. He continuously don't know who to play. Use use terrible rotations all the all the time, and you know he didn't have. He just didn't. He just uh didn't handle the situations well. Even Jalen Green camp come out and said they don't run too many plays in the offense, but he's supposed to be an offensive head coach. Over there with Luca Dungeons was in Dallas. He was supposed to bring some of that philosophy over here. And we had the talent to do it. We had the uh, talent to do it. Uh, it just, you know, factor in as him. He's the head coach. He makes his own decisions. He played questionable rotations all the time. And, you know, the players didn't know what to do. When the players don't know what to do, that's on coaching. When the players don't actually know what they're doing, what to do on the court. When the players don't know, well, what, what to go and on the not to get into the right spot, that that's on the coach. I mean, when you're not coming out prepared as a player, sometimes it can be the player, but that's on the head coach. You got to have your players prepared every single night. When a team is playing three-two zone every single game, that's on the head coach to make that adjustment. You know, you know how to you you a head coach for twenty. You've been a coach for twenty years. You don't know how to. You still don't know how to beat the three-two zone. You still don't still don't know how to adjust to a three-two zone. So. Other than that, you know, I'm not taking no blame off the players. I'm taking no blame off the players, but Steven Silas, he he didn't he didn't know what he was doing with these type of uh, young players. So that's why it was more frustration with the players in the organization, and you know that's why Steven Silas kind of got canned the way he did. Uh, who's coming under the page? I don't like. We don't know who you are. Let <laughs> me ask you something, Coach. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, when Sil- Silas came, you thought he was going to take, I guess, as an assistant, what he did in Dallas. Yeah, and the interesting thing about when I watched what he did in Dallas, I'm like, what what system did Dallas run? Because they just give the ball to Luca. Luca dribbles the air out the ball and holds holds the ball to the end of the shot clock, and then makes a play. I don't I don't think that's a system. Um, that's that's just giving the ball to a gifted ball dominant player. By the way, you could you could throw in James Harden in his prime that way. You can throw in LeBron in that, in that way. LeBron is a gifted passer. He's a willing passer, but he's a ball-dominant player that has to have the ball in his hands. Like, is that a system, or is that just adhering to a great player and what the player does? Like, how much credit goes to the coach and how much player a credit should go to the player? Because everywhere LeBron's played, even though I actually think Eric Spolster is a great coach, they I, I actually thought Miami actually had him in some kind of system. But in Cleveland – no system you just gave the ball to LeBron he dribbled the air out the ball then he would make a play and, and with the Lakers it's the same thing so I, I, don't, I don't sometimes I wonder about these coaches getting a lot of credit because is are you coaching LeBron James or are you watching LeBron James I, yep. I'm just saying I mean and then another thing that kind of hurt us we don't have a true point guard we don't have an actual, actual point guard. Right. Kevin Porter's not a point guard. He's a two guard. He's actually a two guard. In Cleveland, he played a lot of shooting guard. He didn't, he wasn't, Darius Garland was actually the point guard. So the Kevin Porter has all the tools and the tendencies to be to be a point guard, but that's just not him. He had he has some 11 assist games, some 10 assist games. That's just not Kevin Porter. Kevin Porter is a score, is more of a scoring guard. He we don't have an actually point guard point guard and the point guard that he does play is not good at all Dacia Nix Dacia Nix you heard me rave about him so many damn times and get upset about him so many times he continues to play the guy when when you know he's not fucking good at all sorry about the cursing and all that but it disappoint me 
where you have a guy, Tata Washington, who's clearly better, Josh Christopher, who can come off the bench and score, and you play him, you choose to play him when you want to. That is on the head coach of, yes, Raphael Stone gives him heads up. He's only trying to help him. But at the end of the day, you're the head coach. You cause the decisions. You make the decision who you want to throw out there on the court. And Steven Silas did not have control of that point right there. And at the end of the day, like I say, you the head coach, you play who you want to play on your rotation. And they, they should next continuously to play and play and over and over again. And a lot of guys' minutes have decreased that are actually better than this guy, that are actually better than this guy. He won't put them on the floor. So other than that, man, uh, I just want to thank Steven Silas for his services. And go ahead, go ahead. Uh, well, I know we're about to end the show before I end. You know, Gene, it was Gene just proposed the question. And it do matter because I need to know who I'm talking to. I just don't want to say, oh, Sports Empire Network. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I heard that, you know, I, I know a lot of Houston fans. And they they, they came out and said that he, their players are not coachable. That's why I asked Coach, you know, because, I mean, I know he looks into them more than just about anybody. And he he would have the, the accurate answer to, the, to that question. That's yeah. why I asked. I mean, it's like Gene said, fifteen percent, like twenty. I will say thirty percent on the players, and most of it is on Stephen. Eighty percent is on Bobby Stephen Silas. Stephen Silas just wasn't ready to take a take this type of job, like re take a rebuilding team. He just wasn't ready for that. For that, he'll be. He's the type of coach that'll be better. Probably will be better with a uh, a older version of a team with a playoff contender team. Say if it's a playoff contender team, he probably do something better. But with a younger team, I don't think. This is Steven Silas. I don't think this is Steven. I don't think he coach up a younger team. Hey, coach, real quick, I know we're getting ready to go. Um, with, with the Atlanta situation, would you say that's kind of similar in the sense that it's it's probably split between the players and the coaches because you know Trey Young got his way, Nate Nate got fired, and and then they brought they brought in um, I can't get his name um right now, but they brought in another coach, mm-hmm. and they weren't any better. Um, going forward, though, do you do you think that there, there's a break between management, the coach, and the players, specifically Trey Young, who's who's obviously the face of the franchise, or do you think that it's just a bad season and they'll be that much better next year? I think they can be better next year, but I want to say for that situation, player player matters. You know, John Collins has been frustrated with Trey Young's play. And they don't have a close relationship. It may seem like that on the court. They don't have a close close relationship. Uh, Murray thought he was going to come in and help elevate the team, especially on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, and it has not worked. And you have DeAndre Hunter, who does not play, who does not play consistently. Clint Capella uh, does not play a lot. He does not play a lot either. So that's more of a – I think that's more on a player issue. That's more of a player issue. Than, uh, every, than everything. You got some disgruntled players in the locker room. And you you made an underrated trade for Sadiq Bey, who was very, really good in Detroit. Now, again, uh, I think that's more of a player thing, though. I think that's more of a player thing. Coach, the court coach is going to always get put in the fire on now with Quinn Snyder. He did uh, straighten up the Utah Jazz that's and helped that Utah Jazz team be competitive. He did done that. That showed you how type of what great of a coach uh, he is. But, again, I'm going to wait till next year. Next year will be the deciding factor, will be the deciding factor. But I believe this year, I believe the players, the players this year have a lot of fault in that Miami or in that uh, organization more than, more than Houston. And they got better players. They actually got better players than uh, 
Rockets. Rockets was just a bunch of that's like a bunch of t- teenage kids playing against grown men out there. Yep. So yep. Uh, we have officially, you know, uh, ran out of time on the show. Uh, I want to shout out to all the listeners out here. Uh, appreciate Freddie for coming on. Mo always. Uh, Des, I'm disappointed in you, Des. You dug the show, man. You dug Freddie. Uh, <laughs> disappointed in you, uh, man. You probably didn't wake, wake up out of bed this morning, but uh, you will. You you will. Freddie not gonna keep his mouth. Not gonna keep his mouth shut. Des, <laughs> when you wake up, he'll be waiting on you. Des, when you wake up. But other than that, I want to shout out to Empire Sports Network and all the comments we got. We got um, uh, we got the WNBA tonight. We got the WNBA tonight. We got the WNBA draft tonight. So excited for that. See my Dallas Wings are gonna do. Uh so Freddie, any closing thoughts before before we uh end up get before we get up out of here? Des, I'm coming for you. Don't <laughs> hide from me tomorrow, sir. You gonna have to deal with me. Uh, hey, I'm looking forward to Wednesday though. Yeah. Wednesday show is gonna be elite. Coach. Mo, myself, maybe Des, who knows? Um, Gene. Oh, yeah, I love when Gene get over. Gene, Gene come with some fire, yo. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Gene, I'm a hey, hey, just be ready. That's all I'm gonna say. Just be ready. <laughs> Mo, anything you got? Anything you got to close out the show? No, I just had a blast. This was a great show. We covered a lot of the NBA, and we got more NBA to cover. I'm just looking forward to tomorrow's show. <laughs> hey, remember what Freddie said? This will be a jam-packed show Wednesday. You don't want to uh, miss Freddie and Gene go at it. They go at it every single show. Yeah, y'all want to y'all want to stay tuned in that. But well, we'll I'll be here tomorrow too. Today. I'm here Monday through Friday this week. So. Yeah, all week, huh, Freddie? Oh all yeah. Week. <laughs> make, make sure you take your medicine all week too. You don't, you don't need your medicine. Make sure you take that. Nah, 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 nah. I'm gonna wait till after the show to take that because I don't want to be. I'm, hey, y'all, y'all see Mellow Freddie today. Monday equals Mellow Freddie. Tomorrow I'm gonna be fired up. And Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, I'm gonna tell y'all this. I'm gonna warn. I'm gonna warn the panel. I'm gonna warn the viewership. Y'all better hope the Lakers lose tomorrow. Because Gene is on my list, and I'm gonna make him eat crow. I'm gonna make him eat crow. Y'all better hope. Y'all better hope they lose tomorrow. All I'm gonna say. Hey, if the Lakers lose, Freddie may not show up. We never, we just never know. We Freddie maybe, maybe may not show up. He may be crying all night if they that lose. If that, if that no, happens. you just gonna see your angry Freddie. They lose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, Coach Empire Sports Empire have not seen the bad Freddie. You remember back in the day yeah. when oh, I, yeah. you know, see, oh, I've been yeah. trying, I've been trying to contain that Freddie, been trying no, to let no. that Freddie come out, but it might come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah man it was a great morning show man shout out to all of y'all man uh thank you guys so much as for coach dante as for the man freddie right here uh as for mo better we will see you guys tomorrow uh have a good rest of your day man appreciate y'all enjoy these playing tournaments and we'll see y'all later peace